Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, hello. So last week I had to take a little break from ye old podcasting because I was learning a lot of lessons about um, maintaining energy. And I think honestly, my brain probably would have snapped if I actually tried to like share anything of any benefit to anyone. So this week though, we are back at it and I have an exciting collaborative episode to bring to you today. I'm going to be joined by Anna Hayes Harless, and we are interviewing not one amazing entrepreneur, not two, not three. Okay, I'll just cut to the chase now. We actually have five women on this week's episode. Now, before you get scared or overwhelmed, um, this episode is going to be like 10 minute clips of each one and each woman will be sharing their biggest struggle over the past year some of their growth nuggets and tips and I think it's a really good opportunity to hear from people who you're going to connect with and identify yourself in depending on who you are and where you are in your journey but I hope that at least one of these kind of jumps out and and resonates with you um, you can stop and start this podcast at your leisure. Take your time listening. It's it's definitely a long one. I mean, I'm the kind of girl that will sit down and listen to like a two or three hour podcast, but I do it in chunks. So this sort of length doesn't really scare me, but I understand that some people only like really short episodes. So the great thing about this one is that it is broken up by guest and you can kind of treat it like a bunch of mini episodes. And hey, why not just hang out with me and Anna in your ears for the next five days if you want to block out your calendar. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, anyway, I do encourage you to listen to the end and make sure that you soak up all of the wisdom and goodness from these five ladies. And just because some of the intros got a little muddled at the beginning, um, I'm going to introduce them here too. So we have on today's show, Lynette Pottle, Christy Ouellette, Heather Crow, Karen Kenny, and Beth Blaney. And my co-host today, as I mentioned, is Anna Hayes Harless. So without further ado, away we go. All right. So today on the She Built This podcast, I have a very special treat. I have Anna Hayes Harless as my co-host today. Hi, Anna. Hi, Emily. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. And I know that this was kind of your idea. So let's talk about how you came up with the inspiration. I mean, so I was the one that was like, we should do a collaborative episode. But the <laughs> the idea for that came from an idea you sent me. So why don't you tell me like what was kind of running through your brain when you reached out? Yeah, definitely. So what was running through my brain was I was really thinking about how do I improve where I stand right now? And who can I learn from to learn those skills and steps? And being a part of the She Built This community, I knew that there were a plethora of um, options and resources to tap into. 
So it was really a matter of talking with other female entrepreneurs who were ahead of me, if you will, um, in business and really being able to tap into the ideas and workings of an entrepreneur and maybe what they've struggled with in the past, how they've overcome that, where their resiliency lies. Those types of things were what were on my mind um, when I had initially started talking to you about it. I love it. And let's, um, why don't you give some background as to what you do? Because I think that's helpful too. Sure. Um, So I am a online coach for women. um, And I particularly work with earlier on coaches within the first two years of business who are having a hard time translating their passion for the work into a profitable business. So we really focus on two things, business strategy and mindset, how those two things correlate and how once you start to really nail down the processes, tools, and strategies, how they become interwoven and lead to a more successful and profitable business. So I love that because you already have your hat in the ring and you're saying kind of like, I, I'm doing this, I'm building a successful business and I'm helping other people to build a successful business. And I'm still really excited and open to learning from all of these people that are in different phases. And I think that's what it really comes down to in this journey is that we always need to be open to learning and growing. And as we do that, it just helps us to work with our clients and bring even more to them. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. I think that if you become stagnant in an area of business or personal growth or professional development, I think you're doing not only yourself a disservice, but also your clients as well. So it's it's very interwoven for me personally in terms of um, not only growing the business, but being successful and feeling successful um, all while doing that. And I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I know in some of the guests that we're going to be talking with today, that stagnancy, it doesn't need to look like you're constantly go, 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 push, push, pushing. Sometimes sta- uh, sometimes growth comes in taking a step back, you know, or choosing not to do something or crossing something off of your list. So I think that's really interesting that you said that because stagnancy and forward momentum looks so different for all of us. Like something you said at the beginning, you said um, that these people are further along than you. But like in my mind, we are all exactly where we need to be, you know, and, and to your point, I just think growth looks so different for all of us. And that's why it's so fun to learn from one another. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you pointed that out because I do think it's important for all of us, no matter where we stand, to remember that we are on our own journey, on our own path, and to make sure that we're not comparing that to others around us. And the idea that we are exactly where we're meant to be is definitely an important thing to remember and really embrace. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, So what would you say if you could look like one of your clients in the eyes, I guess, what would you say that you most want to tell them to help them get over what they're struggling with? I would say 
if if I'm talking to a client about what they're struggling with most, it's actually not the business strategies. It is truly moving past their own limiting beliefs. And so focusing on that is sharing with them the the idea that they are not only capable, but they have the ability to change and grow at the pace that they want to, right? That they are empowered to be able to make an alteration to their life or to their business at any point in time. And simply standing in that power is what's going to build your momentum, whether it be in business or life in general. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So much of what we like, we, we think it's, I mean, a lot of it is, of course, numbers and such, but so much of what we go through is the battles that we have to face in our mind. <laughs> yes, exactly. And when I first started my business, I didn't know that. <laughs> so it was a bit of a learning curve. But as I've grown in the last three years, as I've worked with more and more clients who are facing those same sorts of ideas and limitations, it really is true. So much of what we do in business is working within our own minds and our own limitations. All right. So how about we start bringing people in and hearing what our five guests have to share with us? That would be wonderful. I'm super excited. Yeah. Thanks again so much for being part of this with me. Thank you, Emily. All right, Anna. So I think we should bring in our first guest, don't you? I do. That would be exciting. All right, good. I, I'm excited too. Um, so today our first guest is going to be Lynette Pottle. And Lynette is a life and business strategist. Welcome in, Lynette. Hey, Emily. Anna, thanks for having me here. Yeah, we're excited to chat with you. I know you've had a lot of experience working with um, probably primarily women entrepreneurs, I would assume, but correct me if I'm wrong. Nope, you are spot on. All right. Um, tell us a little bit about you and what you do and how long you've been in business. Yeah, so I'm actually, this is my fifth year in business full time. But prior to this, my business was a side hustle as I was growing a career in human resources. So I did that for 20 years um, in human resources, picked up a side hustle, and then walked away from my career to do this full time. And what I do in my work is that I help women to grow their businesses and careers without burning out. Essentially, that's what it is. So I am a, a huge advocate for well-being and finding ways to grow our businesses and careers in ways that support the life, the quality of life that we want. I love that because uh, I think like me, you believe that business is body, mind, heart, soul. It's all of the things because we are all of the things. <laughs> exactly. We forget that sometimes though. Oh my gosh, we're I, I feel like we're the first we're, we're the first to put our own selves on the back burner and focus just on the task at hand or the business that we have to take care of. Absolutely. So let's kind of take that to the next level. What do you most often see um, fellow entrepreneurs struggle with, and what would you tell them to kind of help them get through some of those uh, hurdles? Yeah, actually, that was the perfect segue because. What I truly see, and, and I've been in this um, online world for a decade now, and one thing that stayed steady through all of that time, you know, the tech has changed, 
focus has changed, but the one common thread with women entrepreneurs that I work with, and these are, you know, talented, creative driven women is that we're overcommitting ourselves and, you know, it's creating stress and exhaustion and overwhelm and it's having all of these negative impacts. And I would say that is the thing that I see where the struggle lies most often. Can you give some examples? Because I agree with you, but I want to see. I want to see if I and I want to let the listeners really identify themselves in that overcommitting. Oh my gosh! Well, well, here's the thing. I think the root of it is as we're growing businesses and careers, we go into this superwoman mindset of like we're going to do all these things, these extra things that we weren't doing before. However, we're not going to make any modifications in our commitments and the things we're already doing in our life. So when it comes to like, where does the time come from? Because truly we all have 24 hours. Where does it come from? And what I see happening is we're stealing it. And and I'm raising my hand as someone who has been down this path and can end up there again, if I'm not really intentional, but the time we, we steal it from places like sleep right? Oh, heck, I can go on three hours sleep tonight. Um, Or self-care, just doing things to really take care of ourselves, whether it is, you know, going to the doctor's appointment and that kind of self-care all the way down to like, I'm just going to power through this and I can sit here and wait to go to the bathroom for another, you know, two hours. And as silly as that sounds, I'm sure there are people listening that are nodding their head that can identify with that because I hear it all the time. Oh my gosh. When you said that about going to the bathroom, I used to like not pee for like three hours if I had meetings and podcasts and stuff. And now I'm just like, no, I'm getting up and I'm taking a bio break because I am a human body. Lynette, I would love to hear, I know you just shared some examples, but do you have a top tip as far as it comes when you are trying to figure out priorities and managing the workload? Yeah, it's a great question. Mm, it is. And and here's the good news and the other news about that is my approach really is it's not about a Band-Aid fix. The Band-Aid fix is what keeps us in this continual cycle of ending up right back where we started from. So it's getting to the core of things. And To do that, it's about creating goals that encompass all of our life, like all aspects like Emily was talking about before. So it's not just our professional life. So we're considering things when we're setting goals, whether we're on a 90-day cycle, uh, talking about annual goals, whatever it is that works for the individual, when you're sitting down to think about your goals, but adding in things like and considering adventure, Um, things like health and spirituality and relationships. What is the quality of your overall life? What are the things that are important to you? And then you have that and you can look at your professional and personal goals and work to align them, right? So we're not setting ourselves up to be competing. It isn't an either or situation. You can do both things. But if we're not intentional and planning that ahead of time, we find ourselves in this path of like, there's no win-win. Something is not going to happen. And nine times, nine and a half times out of 10, it's going to be whatever is in our personal life outside of professional. So if we're creating goals to begin with, that's what I would say, consider your entire life. 
do the alignment and and ask yourself questions like why this if something is coming up in front of you if you have a commitment that you've already made or you're considering a commitment like why this where does this fit into my goals for this year why this and why now maybe it's something that's a really sounds like a really cool and fun thing to do but why is now the right time to do it and that why now oftentimes where i see that come up is stems from fomo like the fear of missing out right yeah <laughs> um because especially in the entrepreneurial world there's always some new fancy trick tip you know tool to use strategy and you're seeing your fellow friends you know best friends in business doing all these things. So we're thinking, oh, I'm going to do it too. When it doesn't necessarily make the best sense for your business or your life, Every we're all individuals. So why this and why now, I think are really important questions. Now, let's say somebody's kind of already caught in the overwhelm, overcommitment cycle. Would you recommend they kind of sit down and take stock of like everything going on? Or how do you get out of the spiral? Because it's really, it's it's nice to be um, proactive, but how do you then un- unwind yourself when you're all tied into that? Yeah. And, and the truth is that's usually where we find ourselves. Um, proactive in this situation doesn't usually happen just by the nature of we're really driven and, you know, back to that talented, creative, we want to do all these things. So it's usually when the stress and overwhelm comes in that we know it's time to get off the merry-go-round and how do we do that? And yes, I think it's important to look at all of your commitments, like to carve out time on your schedule, like an hour, 30 minutes, if, if that's all you can afford at the moment. Um, but start listing all of your commitments. And I do an exercise with clients that's really revealing. <laughs> and it's to create, like you do that brain dump, like what are all the commitments that you have? Everything from your professional life to driving carpool and volunteering at the soup kitchen, like every commitment that you have including things like if you have a commitment to yourself to go to the gym or to go to an art class, every single thing, what are all of your commitments? And then it's taking those commitments and plugging them into one of a set of columns. And I talk about it in terms of like, I ate my commitments and eight is all of these words that I'm going to share end in A-T-E, right? So thinking about the columns, where would you assign it? Is it something that you're celebrating? Is it something that you really, truly, it brings joy to your life? right? Put those things in that column. Is it something that you can eliminate? Once you see it on paper, you're scratching your head and wondering like, why did I ever say yes to that? (laughs) I've been doing this thing for two years and it's miserable and I'm not going to do it anymore. I can eliminate this. Then there's also things like, what are the things that we can delegate, automate, or negotiate? So automate thinking about systems, like what systems can I set up in place? delegating. Maybe we don't have a team right now, but can we delegate something to a family member? Can we look at hiring a virtual assistant, even on a part-time basis, so we can start to outsource some of those things? And then negotiate is thinking about, okay, maybe you're volunteering, you're on a board of directors, let's say, for a local organization, and it's something that you're passionate about, you believe in their cause, 
but it's just the time commitment has seeped into everything and it's just more than you can handle right now. It doesn't make good sense for you to continue. So negotiating might look like, hey, I'm not going to be able, I'm going to need to step down from the board. Here's what I am able to do. I'm able to continue with my commitment on this committee or this event, but negotiating what that might look like. So that can be everything from work to personal, truly. Um, One of the things with negotiate, I'll throw in here, I just remember back to, I, I mentioned my business started as a side hustle. And one of the negotiation things for me, as I was starting to ramp that up, was negotiating my work schedule. So that I was working a salaried position at least 45 hours a week and traveling 10 hours a week for that job. So it was really cutting into my opportunity to be able to grow. And I was able to make a case and go to my boss to negotiate a part-time salaried role where I was working four days a week. Now, I did take a 20% pay cut in doing that, but that was okay. It, it turned out to be a win-win. You know, I really was methodical in thinking about how to present that. So where are there things, whether it's, you know, if it is a side hustle, thinking about work, whether it's personal, where are the places that you can negotiate things? Yeah, I love that. Negotiation is really all about setting those boundaries for yourself and then sticking to them. Exactly, exactly. And if it is something you care about, it doesn't mean that you have to ditch it all together. However, if you're not able to negotiate good terms that feel good to you, it's okay to let it go. Mm-hmm. And you can feel good knowing that you gave it, you know, your honest attempt, and if it doesn't work out, it's okay. What an incredible exercise. Yeah, you packed so much into just a few minutes and gave us a really great action item that we can take away and implement without feeling like it's another stressful thing that we have to do. This is really about just taking stock of what's going on and then giving yourself some kind of like a trajectory to go forward. It is. And the beautiful thing about it is I've not gone through this process with a single person where there's not an immediate win. Like immediately there's something that they can see they can take off of their plate or that they're going to make a change immediately every single time. Because the one thing I didn't talk about is the column that's left. There's one more column and it's tolerate. And so things that aren't falling into any of these other categories, it's time to own up to the fact that we're tolerating this. And then it goes back to those kind of questions. Why is it? Mm. Why is it that I'm tolerating this and probing into some deeper questions? And sometimes it's complicated, messy things like people pleasing tendencies or feelings of obligation, but it's a chance to like call it what it is. It's not a place of judgment, but when you can be truthful about what's going on, then you can dig in and look at what solutions exist. Yeah, exactly. If, I, if I'm going to tolerate it, I'm going to choose to tolerate it. <laughs> right. It's a choice. It's a choice. And then, you know, okay, it's a choice I can live with. It's not something that I'm doing just out of habit. All right. So speaking of the celebrations and wins, um, what's something that you're either celebrating or really looking forward to right now? Yeah, I've got a couple of things. One of the things um, professionally that's going on that I'm celebrating is I'm getting, I'm in the process of releasing a second edition of my book, Small Steps, Big Impact, in a paperback edition and with some expanded 
content. So that's really exciting to me. Um, and personally, I'm getting ready to hop on a plane as we're recording this. In just a few days, I'll be hopping on a plane to go to Georgia to meet my newest grandson. He, he'll be a month old when we get there. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's so exciting. Yeah. I never picture you as being old enough to be a grandmother. So <laughs> that is very exciting. Yes. He has grandchild number three. Well, thanks so much for coming in and sharing with us. This was really, really great. And I hope, I, I know I want to do this taking stock exercise this weekend. Um, and I hope that encourages others to do the same. Awesome. Of the Mickey Guru Travel Company. And I'm excited to talk to you, Chrissy. I know you have had quite a year, but things are looking very hopeful and promising for you. So why don't you, in your words, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do and how long you've been in business? Sure. So um, I am a wife and a mother of an amazing daughter, and I could do a whole podcast about her, and I always want to talk about her. So <laughs> we're going to go back quickly over that. Um and I own Mickey Guru Travel Company. We've been in business since March of 2014. And um, we started our business focused on Disney destinations, hence the name. But very quickly realized that we wanted to expand and book travel all over the world. So we do that. And it's fabulous. All right. So let's talk about that because you book travel. And this 2020 has been like the year of no travel. So how do you feel like you've, I mean, I guess what were, what was your initial kind of like, can you remember last year and how you were feeling and then how have you sort of navigated some of this past year? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I'll ever be able to forget it. <laughs> um, so I was actually on a cruise ship on um, the, the end of February, beginning of March with a bunch of our agents that work for our agency. Um, we were celebrating the, our sixth birthday at sea. Um, and we were sitting on the deck having a conversation about this thing called Corona. Um, and it was affecting at that point, Asia and I think parts of Europe. And we were having a conversation about how Tokyo Disneyland had closed and Shanghai was coming up within the next couple of days. And so we were having a conversation and I remember in my naive, naivete going, oh my gosh, Disney would never close the U.S. theme parks. It'll never happen. Um, and so it was a matter of about two weeks and everything had shut down. And I remember sitting in my office, um, I had an office offsite at the time and, and just crying and thinking, I don't, I don't know what, the, what's happening. Um, and how long it's going to happen, you know, people were like, Oh, things will be closed for two weeks. And I was just like watching things go, I don't think that's possible. Um, so as we all know, it's, it took a lot longer. In fact, Disneyland in California is still not open. Um, they're opening on April 30th, um, and it to very, very small numbers. Um, but it, it was surreal in a lot of ways, terrifying, um, in a lot of ways, business, business wise, you know, I wasn't sure we would survive. Um, but we kind of just, I don't, I don't know what short the expression is, but we kind of battened down the hatches, I guess, um, reduced expenses as much as we could and moved into the mode of spreading joy wherever we could 
at the time. We couldn't travel. We couldn't send anybody anywhere. Uh, but we got everybody's vacations either refunded or rescheduled and moved around and all that kind of stuff. And then we went into this mode of just, okay, let's do Toy Story game night on Zoom <laughs> and spread magic that way and kind of just focused on that for months and months. I have to say you did a really good job of keeping positive and keeping the excitement and vibes high. But did you ever feel like there was a point when you were like, I am done with this and I'm going to get a real job or change careers or start a different business? Interestingly enough, um, I had probably about 30 minutes of that total. And it really came from outside of me. Because a lot of my entrepreneurial friends were like, oh, you need to go do something else. What else sparks your joy? And I'm like, travel? <laughs> well, that's it. Like, it was really um, very brief because I knew that that just wasn't what I was going to want to do. Now, I did have to think on the practical side and consider that I might have to get a job, um, especially since my daughter was heading to her first year of college and the business was set to take care of that and then wasn't going to be able to do that. Um, so I did kind of have a, a brief moment of that, but then I just decided, nope, we're going to eat box mac and cheese for a while if that's what we need to do, because this is my baby. This business is everything. And it makes me so happy to help other people get on vacations and have magical times and memories and all of that. So it, it um, I really don't want to do anything else. So I put my foot down and just said, I'm going to hold on until it comes back. I know that for so many entrepreneurs and probably listeners of this podcast, they experienced that same amount of fear, whether that would have been, you know, 30 minutes or several months. I'm curious, was it something where you just knew that you were going to be able to pivot in a way that was still going to make an impact? towards your business or were you going to focus on what was going to help you and your fellow entrepreneurs sort of make it through that time? So I, I think looking back on it, I think I have more conviction over it now than I did then. I was, I floundered a lot um, into, and finding my place. And I think it seemed, which was a great thing, but it seemed to other people that I had it all together and that I was so positive and, you know, all of that where behind the scenes, I was, I was literally breaking down on the daily, um, but knew that there was a, a bigger purpose here that, you know, we would get back. I knew that travel would come back. Um, I didn't know when, and I didn't know how hard it would be to get it launched again, but I knew travel would come back. Um, and in fact, we started using a term really early on before even I heard it in the media that revenge spending and that revenge traveling, like once people were comfortable to go again, you could have trouble keeping them home. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the things that I, I kind of gravitated to early on was this idea that I've used in other times of my life about life being like a roller coaster. So I am a theme park junkie. So everything kind of goes back to roller coasters or sometimes cruises. cruises. Um, but the idea that there are moments during the roller coaster where you are like thrilled and it's exhilarating and you're like soaring and you can't imagine anything as awesome as, you know, this experience. 
that was my business from 2016 to 2020 in February, <laughs> right? That was like, I was like living life large, loving every minute of it. Uh, not to say it was always easy because it wasn't, but in the grand scheme of thing, I was on the, the great part of the roller coaster. And then 2020, the bottom fell out of roller coaster. And we know it happens. And I just kept thinking, now that the bottom has fallen out, I just need to hold on long enough to get climb back up the mountain because it will happen. And the views will be awesome again. It'll be worth it. And it will be amazing. That conviction, just understanding what makes you happy, what drives you, and the knowledge that you will come back even better than when you had started, I think is an amazing lesson for all of us to take in. Yeah, I think it's, it's for me, it's something that resonates with life in general, and then I can apply it to my business. But we all know, like, there's periods of life that just suck. And, mm -hmm. and that's just the reality. And I think it helps you enjoy the good times even better when you have that balance. So I know I will never take this business for granted again. You know, I, I, every single booking that comes in, I literally do a dance, you know, whether it's whether it's a booking that I do or one of my agents does, um, you know, we just, we literally have Zoom dance parties now Aww. to celebrate the bookings that we've gotten and the families that we're able to help um, and that are ready to travel. And wouldn't it be a beautiful takeaway if we could remember to do that a little bit more, like even on the day-to-day -day things, you know what I mean? Like you said, like maybe that, maybe that wasn't your norm to celebrate every single booking before and now it is and how much like better your life is now that you're celebrating those things on a regular basis. So true. So true. Um, all right. Tell us what you are celebrating or looking forward to right now. So I have, um, on a personal level, I have three trips coming up and literally I, I'm planning like playlists and music stuff so I can dance more because I'm so excited to get back out there myself. Uh, and I think the one I'm looking forward to the most at the moment is a Virgin Voyages cruise that we're doing during the holiday season. Um, it's a brand new cruise line and it's adult only. Ooh, wee. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm like literally like stuck there and I'm like, we get to go on this amazing experience. I can't wait. So I'm uh, all about traveling myself and other people. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for thank you for staying positive and thanks for sharing your uh, roller coaster analogy with us. I feel like that's something we can we can all take away and we can all take away lessons through what you went through because I feel like if you could stay strong during this, then anybody can. <laughs> thank you, and you definitely helped. She built this, kept me going, on, even on those. Aw, thanks. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, Christy, for joining us. All right, we have an exciting guest that we're bringing in now. Welcome to the room, Karen Kenny. <laughs> Hi, it's wicked exciting to be here. Thank you for having me and inviting me, you guys. Yeah, I'm really, really excited that you said yes. And, um, I, I know that a lot of listeners probably know who you are, but just in case there's someone that doesn't, uh, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do and also how long you've been in business? 
Okay, so um, I am what I call an accidental entrepreneur. Uh, I, I never had dreams of like, like, oh, I want to have my own business and I want to do this. I, I just kind of follow wherever the divine takes me. So uh, I am, I am a business owner, a small business owner for. Jesus, close to 20 years now. Uh, but I started off as a, as a yoga teacher uh, and I had a yoga studio, uh, which I opened officially in 2003, but I was teaching. I was certified uh, in 2001 and had been teaching even in 1999, as we were just talking about. Um, so I um, have been, I was, been a yoga teacher for a wicked long time. And then I slowly transitioned into uh, realizing that, you know, my clients were kind of hanging out after class all the time to, to talk to me about what I jokingly call all the D's, right? Death, divorce, death, divorce, a diagnosis, a disappointment, like something. So they were basically just like hanging out after classes. I would be cleaning the studio and they're just asking me my opinion, wanting me to listen. And I was basically mentoring people for free for years. And then my spiritual mentor, one of my teachers said to me, yeah, you got to put the kibosh on that. That is an unequal energy exchange. And so lo and behold, I ended up uh, doing a, a year long uh, program of study with a spiritual mentor and I became a certified spiritual mentor. Um, and so I've been doing that Jesus for, I don't know how long it's been now, at least eight years, uh, full time. Uh, and so I'm a spiritual mentor. I'm also obviously a yoga teacher, but mo mostly how I identify too. Like if you were to just ask me, I consider myself a storyteller. So I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm also a podcast host, and I am also, uh, I have a spiritual membership and community called The Nest. So I do a lot of things. When people say that to me, what do you do? I'm like, how much time do you have? I do a lot of things, right? Um, but I think people probably, a lot of people um, will say, they call me a spiritual coach or a spiritual mentor. That's really the gist of it. I was just listening to your podcast yesterday with Terry about the answer to that question, what do you do? Yes. <laughs> and I loved it. I, I actually love one of the um, answers that she gives, which is to focus on what someone is doing right now, because I think that's a nice spot to hang out instead of trying to like explain what you do. And really, when pe you guys said in your podcast, what people are really asking is, how do you make your money? <laughs> that's what I always say. What they really, because that's what Americans, like they say, they basically want to find out where you live. They want your geography. And then they want to know like, so where do you come from? Uh, are you married, you shacked up with somebody, you got kids, you got pets. Like, it's just like a list that, you know, it's like, it, and they're really icebreakers. Like people don't know how to talk to each other. People get weird. Right. So they'll always go, so, Hey, what do you do? And that's my whole point. Like, well, I do a lot of things. Like I love to read books and I love to write and I love to hang out with animals and I love to go to the beach. Like, what do you mean? What they really mean is how do you make your money? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And so I think, and even as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of different ways we do that, right? We speak, we, we have online products, you know, I have online courses. I do transformational retreats a couple of times a year, you know, pre COVID. So, but yeah, to make it really short, I'd say, you know, I say my two big things are the spirituality and storytelling. Um, all right. So shifting gears a little bit, I know that you don't only work with entrepreneurs, um, but what do you most often see fellow entrepreneurs struggle with? And I guess, what do you do? What do you, how do you help them? 
Yeah. So actually my client base, um, I would love to actually work with more entrepreneurs. Uh, I work with people from all over nine to fivers, um, people who are retired, like whatever. So a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs actually work, uh, helping other entrepreneurs, but I kind of help a little bit of everybody, but, um, I'd love to work more with entrepreneurs because one of the biggest things that I see where they struggle is that they kind of put the cat before the horse. And what I mean by that is they start trying to do all the strategy. Uh, they try to get all the tactics and the funnels and put the pieces in place and all the external stuff. And I'm going to watch this course and this video, and I'm going to follow, you know, this entrepreneurial um, big wig, and I'm going to do all this. And then they try to apply it to themselves and it won't work. And a lot of the reasons why, as I say, you try to put the strategy before the spirituality. So you can have all the strategy in the world, but if you don't have your inner game right, you know, you can put all the pieces in place uh, externally, but if you do not have your inner game on point, um, if you have issues with fill in the blank, there's a thousand ways to suffer, right? But low self-esteem, low self-worth, you're afraid to put yourself out there. You're afraid to use your voice. Uh, you're not going to get very much traction. And even if you just happen to get lucky um, and get a little success, you won't be able to maintain it and hold it. And so they uh, often look outside of themselves for external answers and solutions when their first stop, their first line of business should actually be um, what I would call spiritual work, inner work. And I think you're really evidence of that because I know, I mean, I hear you say all the time that you didn't really start with a marketing plan. Like you just kind of went for it and th that has worked out really well for you. And I think you, you, you set the example of all of that for your clients and all of us in your business. Thank you, sweetheart. And I'm not saying don't have, you know, so in A Course in Miracles, we would say it like, um, we're not saying don't have a plan. So there's a line that says a healed mind does not plan. And what I say about that is it doesn't say don't have a plan. It's just don't you make a plan on your own. Meaning you have, whether you call it Holy Spirit, spirit, inner teacher, inner guide, your inner voice, your intuition, your gut instinct, we, we call it your higher power, whatever you call it, we have a very wicked smarty pants in a self. Um, and it's like if we... Uh, we just don't want to be making the plan on our own because a lot of times what that means is we're making our plan externally, looking at other people and what they've done and what's been successful for them. We're not bothering to stop and say, well, does this feel right for me? How is this in alignment for me? Does this light me up when I do it or does it feel heavy? Um, and so we're not actually, um, it, it, we're not actually making a plan that is generated from, inspiration or love, we're often doing it from a place of fear, from the ego. And the ego has a way different um, agenda <laughs> than, than, than spirit does. Okay, here's a question for you that wasn't in the agenda. Um, what is, how do you know when it's your ego setting the agenda then and, and not you being true to yourself or true to your inner guide or voice? Yeah. So, um, there's lots of different ways, but, um, you know, I'll say one of the, one of the, the, the things that the body is good for is that it's a really good, uh, communication device. It's constantly letting us know how we feel. And so, uh, tuning into that and says, how do I know that I have chosen wrongly for your mood will tell you so. 
And so the voice of the ego demands, it's pushy, it wants. It wants the six-figure months and it wants the six-figure launches and it wants the thousand followers and all, all the accolades and it wants to be, you know, it's like all the external prove, pretend, perform. Uh, I want to get patted on the head for how good I am, all that stuff. And the internal voice, you'll know how to, I always say, how do you know? Because uh, the internal voice is quiet and you'll be at peace. Mm. I love that. Um, All right. So tell us what you are most looking forward to or celebrating right now. Yeah, right now I'm just wicked excited because I'm getting my pages done for my memoir. Uh, I'm really dedicated uh, to trying to get the first draft of my manuscript done uh, this year and hopefully sometime in the next few months. Uh, This has been a long journey uh, and I'm having to I made that it's not having to, I've chosen to kind of pull back a little bit from other things that distract me. Uh, I was listening to somebody the other day who I think is a pretty smart guy. He's an interesting guy. Uh, he has a, a YouTube channel and I, I've, I've known of Ted for a long time. It is like, a, he's called marketing for hippies and he's prolific. He puts out a lot, a lot, a lot of content. And somebody asked him the other day, Ted, how do you put out a lot of so much content? And he said, if I'm just being hundred percent honest, other areas of my life suffer. <laughs> You can't do it all as an entrepreneur. You like to think you can, but unless you're going to hire somebody else to help you, you can't do it all. So for me, um, for a long time, you know, my book was suffering because I was putting, um, you know, my quote unquote business first, but really my business on this planet, like my divine calling is to be a writer and a speaker and a storyteller. And I just said, that's enough. So I'm just kind of pulling back from being everybody else's cheerleader online. Not that that's a bad thing. I love to build other people up and cheerlead them and you know, uh, you know, share stuff. But uh, right now, my focus is getting my book done. So I'm wicked excited about that. And then I'm also wicked excited about my spiritual community and membership, The Nest. Uh, I'm having a blast in that thing. And the people uh, are amazing. And the guest teachers, we're just having a blast. So those are the two things right now that I'm pretty jazzed about. Well, I personally selfishly want you to hurry and finish that book because I really want to read it. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Um, and I, I totally hear you about when when we, I mean, you can't do everything. And so for, for you right now, like that focus needs to be that book and your community. Um, yeah. And if we are going to put the link to the nest in the show notes. So if people want to learn more about that and connect with you, they can do that too. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being a part of this project and sharing with us. I I really value what you have to say, and I love hearing from you. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. I I was really honored to be asked. Anytime I get a chance to um, talk with other people who are trying to trying to, you know, put their, their artistry, their craft, their creativity, their love. I mean, really a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, we're servants, we have servants hats. And so when I get a chance to uh, connect and maybe be helpful in some way, it's always a pleasure. So thank you again for asking me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you. All right. So our next guest is Heather Crow. And actually I met Heather in my last business because I had a business in Salzburg Square in Amherst, New Hampshire. Well, maybe we met through the chamber. I'm not hundred percent sure, but it was, it was in that business that Heather and I met and we became fast friends and now she is still a part of my world and it's lovely. Welcome Heather. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is fantastic. Is this your first podcast ever? Uh, second one. I start when we very first opened in 2018. I was in um a podcast with Chris Pastrana, 
Oh yeah, I remember. I remember his scary. show. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he makes you go in person. At least this is no no video or anything like that. Goodness, you know me. <laughs> um. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do and how long you've been in business? Okay. My name is Heather Crow. I own a business with my husband Brian. It's called Speed Pro Solutions. Located in Amherst, New Hampshire, we do large format printing. So we basically do all sorts of um, signage, interior, exterior, window, wall, floor graphics, vehicle wraps, decals, banners, trade show displays, event graphics, elevator wraps. We've done one of those recently. Um, And it's to help businesses grow and make their name and their business stand out to gain more business. Um, We have been in business, actually started printing uh, March of 2018. So, and yeah, last year threw us for a loop a little bit, but you know, we're gangbusters right now. So wait, I have to know what an elevator wrap is. (laughs) So when you walk into an elevator, there are multiple ways to do it. You can do the exterior, um, which is cool. We haven't done one of those. This one was for a very old building. It had like peach interior walls, um, data ed. Uh, in New Hampshire. And so we met with them and we basically created um, the graphics for the wrap. So you walk in and it has all the graphics all over the walls on the inside instead of the ugly. Cool. Page. I've never so. been in an elevator that snazzy. Well, there you go. Anyone that needs it, <laughs> I am get, here I gotta to get help out you. there more and get in some more elevators. <laughs> <laughs> So Heather, you mentioned that last year had kind of thrown you for a loop, which I think we can all identify with, right? Um, what over the last year has been your primary lesson, you know, and that how were you able to pivot or continue on through what COVID was? So uh, last year was supposed to be our year to shine. We were gaining momentum, thinking maybe we hire somebody, and then all of a sudden COVID hit. Um, But then we had to turn around and say, well, we still need to stay in business. We still need to make money. We're not going to fail. Failure is not an option. So what do we do? What can we do in our industry to make money? Um, One of the things we were doing a lot of COVID signage and the protective walls and things like that for businesses. Um, and graduation signs. I think I physically printed probably 5,000 graduation signs um, last year. Yeah, which we we had our best month last April was our one of our best months. So that's how we got to stay in business. And then people were coming in, picking up graduation signs, and maybe they owned their own business or they worked for a business. And I didn't know you did this. Oh my gosh, I didn't know you were here. So we've gained a lot of business just from that. So it's kind of like that transition. You have to figure out where you are and what you can do to save yourself, basically. Um, so that helped out a lot. Which was- and now you're looking at hiring another employee. Is that correct? We are. If I had time to actually sit down and <laughs> put out an application somewhere, um, that's, yeah, that's on my long list of to-dos. But right now I'm literally running multiple hats. I do everything. I'm supposed to be focusing on my sales and my marketing and social media, but I've been doing installations and printing and all of that just to help out because it's just the three of us, my husband and Caitlin, our graphic designer, production manager, and 
So it's a lot. It's a lot for her. It's a lot for him. It's a lot for me. But yeah, hopefully in the next month or so, we'll be able to grab somebody up and they can put their hands on (laughs) some of the stuff that I don't want to do anymore. So, Okay, here's a question for you. How is it working with your spouse? Oh, goodness. See, everyone Mm -hmm. says this all the time. (laughs) The good thing is, so I loved it when we first started out because I was able to leave and go do networking, which was one of my favorite things face-to-face networking and seeing people and talking because I do that a lot. Um, And then COVID hit and nobody does that anymore. And I hate Zoom. I'm just, I'm not going to lie. That's just me. I don't like Zoom. Um, So, so now I'm stuck more at the studio, but when he starts to get on my nerves, um, I just say, I'm going to go home and work because I can do that anywhere pretty much um, with the social media. Um, Yeah. So yeah. It's it's good. It's good. Let's say it'll get better once I get to get out more and we hire somebody. Yeah, so. you're very like on the go extrovert. Love my networking. So I totally see that for you. Oh, <laughs> um, OK. I have another question that that I didn't prep you with. Um, What? So your business is a franchise. And I'm curious to know when you guys were starting to to consider a business, what made you go in that direction and how you chose the one that you did? So my husband worked, um, in investments, um, made great money, didn't like what he, what he did. And he was kind of thinking, oh, like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I worked at Amica insurance for 10 years. And then I had two children and I, I was gung-ho, like, I'm not going to have kids unless I can stay home and raise them and do whatever I can to make them into, like, nice, promising adults. So I stayed home for almost 11 years. And then they were in middle school and high school. And it's like, they don't need me as much anymore. And I need to do something. Insurance is boring. So <laughs> I didn't want to go back to that. Um, I chose, you know, he said, well, what about, you know, looking into a franchise. Somebody reached out to him on LinkedIn, I think. And we started looking at probably 20 different franchises. Um, And we did a discovery day for a different sign company. Didn't love it. And then this, this franchise just stuck out to us because it's, it's like a family, the whole network of speed pros across the country. It's like a family. If you need something, somebody's there for you. Everyone supports everyone else. And the home office corporate, they're amazing too. So we said, okay, sure. Let's just, let's just invest all of our money in this and um, <laughs> jumped in. I love it. Um, and, and how long did it? So yeah, it, we started looking, it was a couple of months and October, 2017, we finally signed the paperwork and started learning about printing because we knew nothing about it, which is interesting but um we've learned a lot in the past several years which is good (laughs) I can imagine there's been a lot of learning but it's so interesting to hear you talk about the fact that um you weren't necessarily planning to become an entrepreneur but it sort of coincided with your personal goals and then the ability to grow those goals with your husband and work with him I think is is very cool um a, a question yeah. kind of about the year coming up, right? What are you most looking forward to right now? What are you looking to celebrate personally, professionally? 
Well, um, what I want to do is continue to grow, hire somebody, at least one more person, um, which I see that in the near future. Um, I want to go away on vacation <laughs> um, with my family um, and, you know, just, just keep seeing where everything moves. Um, and eventually, you know, there's opportunities out there we've been approached with buying another company um, to kind of coincide with us. But that's, again, way down the line. I don't have enough on my, I have enough on my plate that I can't just take that in right now. So yeah, it's just growing. Ooh, that's an interesting cliffhanger. <laughs> Where do you want to go on vacation? Well, that's the other thing I have to deal with because of COVID. I don't want to go outside the country. I mean, I'd love to, but I can't. Um, and so I, so I need my ocean. I need my feet in the sand because that's my thing. Um, and I have two teenage boys, so it's kind of hard to, you know, what do they want to do? They don't want to just go sit at a lake somewhere. So um, I have an agenda, pool, ocean, fishing, um, some type of activities of some kind. So probably East Coast, South Carolina, North Carolina. It sounds like we need to pair you up with Christy. <laughs> I know, right? I need to, again, I don't have enough time to even sit down. It's like the weekends are crazy with just trying to get stuff done around here and work. And yeah, so make time for myself, right? <laughs> That's what everyone says. Well, hopefully we can be cheering you on when you book that when you book that vacation. <laughs> yes, and I will share lots of pictures um, when that day comes. Good, good. Make us all jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thanks for um, joining us, Heather, and sharing a little bit about your journey. Thank you very much, ladies. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much, Heather. All right. Looks like Beth Blaney is coming into the virtual room. Here she comes. Hi, Beth. Oh, hello, Emily. I love pretending that people are like walking down the hall of our little virtual recording room. It's very fun to imagine. <laughs> um, all right, Beth, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do and how long you've been in your business? Sure. Well, I am the founder of Beth Blaney and Associates. Um, I'm obviously very, very creative. Um, clearly, yeah. <laughs> um, I um, we do bookkeeping and remote office support for small businesses and solopreneurs. So the good news is that I don't need to be creative uh, in bookkeeping, um, so I can have my boring name. Um, I have been in business, really, I started doing this on the side in 2014, uh, went on my own in 2016, hired my first person in 2018, and now I have a staff of seven. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is like blown up since the last yeah. time I have heard from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beth has grown just leaps and bounds over the past two years. Um, I, I've known you for a year and a half and, yeah. if you, and I feel like you've had, I think you had two employees when, when we first met. So this is <laughs> amazing. It's, it's been quite a year. Um, so let's get into that. What has this past year been like for you in your business? And I guess what impact, if any, did COVID have on your business? 
Oh my gosh, it had a huge impact. So I, at the beginning, um, I think, you know, once we, once we realized that this thing was real, um, you know, I, along with probably every other, um, business owner was scared that, oh my gosh, this is going to be the end for me. Um, you know, my clients are going to go out of business and I'm not going to, or they're not going to be able to afford the bookkeeping. Um, and that is so far from what actually happened, <laughs> I, um, I, I think that we were already working remotely uh, prior to COVID. And I think that that made the so-called transition that much easier um, because our clients and my staff were, were all already used to working remotely. And, um, you know, we had all the systems set up, the, the Dropbox and the Slack and the Zoom and, and all those kinds of things. Um, so I would, I would say the biggest thing, well, there's a bunch of big things. I learned to keep going. And I think that that's something I, I wanted to kind of share with people keep going, um, ask for advice, coaching, whatever it is. I know that you, you two were already talking about coaching in here. Um, having coaches has been such a game changer in my business. And, you know, when you're in the beginning, you're going, gosh, that's so expensive, right? Have you, I'm sure Emily, you've had that feeling when you've went to hire a coach. Yeah, but but you know that the and like there's a point when the investment in yourself you just need to make it, you know. Yeah, totally. And it's it's been so worth it. And and I think it's so important to find the right coach for you. Um it doesn't necessarily need to be um industry specific, but you need to vibe with this person and they need to be able to see your vision or help you find your vision and really be in alignment with that. Um, and I think another, another really, really big lesson that I learned, um, you know, at the beginning you kind of, and I know Emily, you've been going through this too. At the beginning of your business, you kind of just take anybody and everybody, and you're so excited to have a client. <laughs> yes. So I really, really honed in thanks to my coaches on who my ideal clients are. And opening space for them by saying goodbye to the non-ideal clients. I think, I think what you're saying there is so important for everybody to hear that idea that it's okay to say no when it's not necessarily somebody who's going to jive with you, jive with your business, or really be in tune with the vision that you are trying Completely. to help create, right? Um, I think that's a really, really powerful thing to to talk about because too often we, you know, go after hiring somebody because they, you know, tell us one thing that's going to happen or, and it's not about necessarily 
making sure we're working with the right person that fits for us. And my goodness, how many times do we have to learn that lesson? Like, it's just like, (laughs) yes, I'll say, I say yes to the same person. Like it was like a pattern, you know, like you see them coming you're like, oh no, this is going to be a bad one. But then you just say yes and do it anyway. Like sometimes I think you have to be like bashed over the head with the lesson before you finally realize, oh, it could just be so much easier. It's the same thing with relationships. Are you kidding? I look back to my single days and I'm like, okay, that person was the same as that person was the same as that person. And those things didn't work out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it takes, it it sometimes takes being in the muck and repeating the pain many times before we wake up and realize that. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. It's scary to say goodbye to a relationship, even if it's a bad one, it's goodbye. It's, it's sad to say goodbye to a client and, and that money, right? Like, you know that that money is coming in and, and you sit there and you tell yourself, well, I need that money. And so I can't get rid of that client. So I just have to suck it up and deal with it. And the reality is, Mm -hmm. and so many people had told me this, but until I actually did it and saw the impact, I, I, I never would have believed it. But, but the idea of, you know, the sort of woo woo ness of opening up that emotional space, but also opening up that physical space in your business to say, hey, I have some bandwidth now and these are going to be my ideal clients. They will flow in. It is unbelievable. And I want to like to that, the point of that space, I think a lot of times when you don't when you don't create the space to like sit down and really get clear on that, your like your marketing efforts aren't really clear on who you want. Your um everything about your business is not clear. And so sometimes like yeah, maybe you're losing, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month for for a month or two. Mm-hmm. But you're giving yourself that ability to get like super clear on what you want to take its place. And I think that Anna and I were just talking about that in relationship to her wife. And I feel like that's so crucial. Right. And imagine, imagine that $200 that you're losing because of losing that client, then coming back to you twofold with a client that you actually like, and that's in alignment with you. I mean, imagine that world of just working with clients that you enjoy working with. So do you feel like that's the, okay, so what do you feel like is the next level for you? So for me right now, um, my next level is working on a passive income stream, um, which is really exciting and really fun. Also very time consuming. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge squirreler, um, shiny object syndrome. And, um, you know, I really, where we're at right now, because we can be so picky and choosy about our clients, um, you know, we're, we're tending to have to say no to some clients. And we're also at a point where we're maybe too expensive for some clients. So I wanted to be able to, A, create some passive income for, for myself, but B, and probably more importantly, create a space for those beginning entrepreneurs, beginning business owners um, who aren't yet ready to hire out to a bookkeeper, but they're doing their own QuickBooks um, 
and they're they're not understanding it or they haven't started it yet because they're afraid or they ran into questions and just don't know what to do. And they don't have a Beth in their corner. They don't have a friend that they can shoot a Facebook message to and be like, hey, can you look at this thing in my QuickBooks real quick? So um, so that's, that's our next endeavor here is um, I'm doing a live class actually starting next week. Um, but I'm also putting together an evergreen course um, down the road that that people will able be able to take on their own time and really learn learn about QuickBooks, which essentially is learning about your business and learning about how to manage your money, where your money is going, how to make more money. Yeah, and getting really cozy with those numbers. And yes. also, I did not know that I could just shoot you a Facebook messenger and you would answer any QuickBooks questions that I had. So oh, no, thank did you. I say that? So thank you for that hot tip. I will be <laughs> definitely taking up on that. <laughs> just kidding. That's that's the friends and family. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have I have my QuickBooks connoisseur in my home. So um all right. Yes, sure. What are you what do you feel like you're celebrating right now at this point in this year? I am celebrating having a successful business and having a roadmap planned out to continue and grow that success. And I'm also looking forward to being able, which this is, this is one of the craziest parts for me. I'm able to provide salaries for other people. I mean, what? (laughs) So I'm looking forward to that continuing and continuing to grow my business and, you know, having, having a place to work for people who, you know, where they're, they're comfortable, they're happy, they know what they're doing. And, you know, it's, it's a great place to be. That's so exciting, Beth. And I just want to say, but um, in, in, as we wrap up, so our guest, Christy was talking about this whole thing being kind of like a roller coaster. And I really think I really got to see Beth when the bottom fell out of the roller coaster. Like, I feel like you were really overwhelmed and stressed and couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel when it came to your business and how you could get some of it off your plate. So you weren't always in the doing. Yes. And, and you really have come like such a long way from that. And I just, I think that's what we all when we're in those moments, when the bottom of the roller coaster falls out, we need to stay focused that that is there. It is on the other side. And sometimes it takes a lot of yuck to get there, but you will get there. I 100% agree. Good. I'm glad you 100% agree and not just 99.7% because that would not fly. No, definitely not. No, it's 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 definitely a roller coaster. And you know, you're, you're totally right. I remember when we first met and I was just, we had, we had grown so much so fast that I didn't have the systems and processes and delegations and all of that in place to be able to handle that type of growth. Um, and over this last year, I've really worked on putting those pieces to the puzzle in place. And that's going to allow me to continue to scale appropriately. But, you know, it kind of came out of left field. All of a sudden, we just, boom, exploded. Well, you have done the hard work and you deserve every single bit of that, so... <laughs> Oh, thanks, Emily. And thank you for being a part of this. Yes. Thank you, Beth.
All right. Thanks so much, Beth. And Anna, thanks for being my co-host all day. This was fun. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.